Well, welcome to Disruptive Perspective, an audio series brought to you by Bing. It's aimed to provide you with a short thought starters from business leaders and industry experts where they will share their insights and experiences on today's marketing landscape. And I'm your host, Steve Syrick, and I'm the GM of Bing Ads Marketing here at Microsoft. This is the second episode of Disruptive Perspective. We're continuing our conversation with Kristen Lemkaw, the CMO of J.P. Morgan Chase. In our last episode, Kristen talked about the importance of data security, especially as marketers strive to create more relevant campaigns and experiences. In this episode, we discuss how the shift to permission-based marketing has impacted Kristen's investments in one of her most successful campaigns. Let's dive in. As you know, customers dictate a lot more in terms of how and when they engage with brands. So there is a clear shift from interruptive advertising to permission-based advertising. Yeah. How are you helping J.P. Morgan Chase, Kristen, navigate this shift to reach the ultimate level of relevance? Yeah, you know, this is a big challenge, and I think everybody is evolving their thinking and and the way um, we're learning about it, which is, you know, the ad unit itself was devised at a time where people had a TV screen across the room, no remote, and three channels. And you'd have to get up and change the channel to one of only two other options if you wanted to quote, skip through the ad. And of course, that's changed from 300 cable channels to now infinite screens and multiple choice. And people who are moving to the second screen to get away from that interruptive format don't want to see it replicated in the middle of their feed. So we all know things like pre-roll and pop-ups and display are not great ad units. It's a much better experience for the consumer if they can opt into the content. Uh, So we're trying to think of campaigns and ideas that are really feed first, not just a television script that then gets executed across a number of other channels. The challenge with it is, it all sounds great, the measurement is still um, questionable. And I think we all get around the idea that pre-roll, while viewable and measurable, is a horrible experience, permission-based is better, you've really got to get the right viewability numbers to make that real. And you know, things like less than two seconds of a view really isn't a view. And so how do you evaluate that and the great experience with actually delivering the numbers on how, on how many people are seeing it? So it's a real challenge. And I can't tell you that we've cracked the code. Are you, though, Kristen, I mean, again, when you use your rearview mirror of 19 years, especially even across the industry, do you feel like today you are being, though, held to a much higher level of accountability in terms of how you measure success of every dollar you're spending, knowing that there are now more tools and yes. more channels than we've ever seen, but also more ways to measure and drive, understand attribution? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, hopefully everybody feels that way. Um, and I think it's a challenge with really getting clear on the measures and the business outcomes that you're driving and not getting caught up in over-measuring that, you know, you need to look at impressions and views and, but the data, too much of it can um, tell you whatever it is that you think you want to see. Um, we recently actually had David Reebstein in from Wharton who literally wrote the book called Marketing Metrics, which is great on simplifying the dashboard that we look at and just getting it down to the basics around total households, acquisition, attrition, and then even clarifying regrettable attrition and silent attrition, relationship strengthening and only measuring the accounts that are engaged in your product, not the people who aren't using it, and digital adoption. And I think that's really given us clarity around these are the business outcomes we're driving. Now when it comes to whether it's media, owned, earned, paid, 
what, how do we measure to ensure that we're driving the right business outcome, not just one impression versus another? We look at that, but it has to be in the context of what the business is trying to achieve. Kristen, in your years at J.P. Morgan Chase, I'm sure there have been defining moments in your job when you can say, yep, the team I had and the work that we did define the success here. Is there a notable example or notable moment where you took a risk at J.P. Morgan Chase that was really successful? Um, sure. And like most things, there was a little bit of luck and some good instinct and a really, really strong product. So the best recent example was the launch of our Sapphire Reserve credit card. So Chase Sapphire Reserve card. Credit card is not a typically sexy category and it's a highly competitive category. So the first thing we did was actually design a fantastic product. It was a product that gave three times points on travel and dining and some key categories um, that define the way people are traveling differently. So they, people are staying in Airbnbs as well as hotels. They're taking Uber and they're using Kayak and we rewarded those categories. The part of luck um, was that the product actually initially leaked out. Somebody took screenshots of um, the training materials for our branches and it leaked out. We would have never wanted that to happen, but that actually started creating this frenzy and this buzz around the card. Um, the other big piece of it was there was a point premium when people signed up. Often you'll get cash for signing up for a card. This was 100,000 ultimate rewards points, which was the highest premium that had existed in the industry. And the people who were in that travel and dining category are points junkies. So bloggers and people like the points guy in our business started creating this huge frenzy around the card. We thought we would sell a certain number of cards within a year, and we blew through that forecast in about 11 days. Wow. Um, and this was a $450 fee card. It was targeted at millennials. It was competing with some mega players in the industry. It really could have um, gone the other way. And it became this almost cultural frenzy with no paid advertising. It was just the premium of the card and word of mouth getting around about the value proposition and people thinking because we weren't saying something about it must mean that it was going away. So it was kind of the first time we saw this. People trust their friends more than they trust brands. You know, people don't like to be sold at. Millennials are experiencing things on their own that played out. Uh, and we, you know, went through that annual forecast within, you know, four, doubled it, tripled it four times, five times before we even put out any paid advertising. When we finally did, it was James Corden, and we produced an original series called Reserve What's Next, which was fantastic. Um, but the frenzy had already really taken hold. So we were proud of that one because it was a great product, and people loved it. People were doing unboxing videos and dressing up like the card for Halloween. So <laughs> if I could have campaigned and thought of something, it wouldn't have been that good. Um, but we also had some luck. You did, but congratulations on what was obviously a, a very successful execution. So, And as you think, Kristen, about you know going forward, was there something you learned there that you would impart upon the group here that's listening to say, hey, think about this next time in a way that you know we didn't necessarily initially, but we learned quickly and were agile and moved? Sure. I'd say start with an awesome consumer insight, right? Old school marketing, which is people are traveling differently. They're, you, they're, they want it more authentic. They want to discover it themselves and they're using different travel providers. One. Two, make sure you have an awesome product. A great product will sell itself. Nobody wants to be marketing a product that's substandard. Consumers don't buy it anymore. They're too smart. Um, and engage the consumers themselves, the influencers, the word-of-mouth mechanisms that people are sharing rather than sort of straight display firing ads at people. It's just not as strong. The consumer 
you know, you're influencing a purchase cycle really more than you are selling something. And respecting your role in that and respecting the consumer's choice, I, I think, was an important lesson. We all know that, but it was really the first time it actually played out. Thanks to everyone out there for listening to Disruptive Perspective. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll continue to talk with Kristen about the qualities and skills modern marketers need to have to stand out. Share your thoughts with us on social media and follow Bing Ads on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or check back on bingads.com WAC Industry Outlook. And we'll be sure to let you know when new episodes are available.